Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Jesus has finished his ministry and what he set out to do. He recognizes that his work is not of his own doing, but of God's. How can we offer ourselves and our work to the glory of God? In this week's message of the week, we hear from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares from John 17 and gives us a challenge to unite with others in the glory and the joy of the Lord. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. you pray with me. Faithful and loving God, as we continue in this time of worship, we ask that you would come and fill this place and fill our lives and help us to be so fully present that we would have our ears open to hear you more clearly, our eyes to see you more clearly, and our hearts to love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So when I first started preaching week after week after week, uh, about 15 years ago, I found that I would get within about 36 hours of worship, so about a day and a half before what was usually Sunday morning, and I would start to get this nervous kind of energy that would start in the pit of my stomach and then would spread through my whole body. Um, a lot of that, most of that was linked to preaching. Some of it, believe it or not, I used to have a fear of public speaking. So some of it, I'm sure, was that too. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, things do change over time. But at the time, I was wondering, you know, like, is there ever going to be a different way? Because I would spend my Friday night and all day Saturday thinking through and praying about and making entirely too many changes to everything that I had prepared for the weekend for worship, from my message I would share to the prayers that I would offer to all the other things. And I remember asking some more seasoned colleagues about this, and they assured me that over time that would change a little in years to come. But I remember them saying that their prayer for me was that it would never fully change, that I would never fully lose that kind of nervous energy, because it can be a gift for us that keeps us keenly aware of what is happening in our community and our world around us. That nervous energy reminds us that it's not our own words that we speak, but those that are given to us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it helps us to be mindful of the privilege of getting to proclaim the gospel week after week. And since then, I have found some of that those changes they told me about to be true. I might not be consumed with nervous energy 24 hours before worship starts on a given week. In fact, to be honest, I don't really get nervous anymore, or at least I think I don't. But any given week, if you've ever tried to shake my hand after worship, they're usually ice cold, and that's about the only time they're cold. And I would, I would probably have to be honest and say that part of that is that nervous energy that lives and makes its way out in other ways. In fact, I also know that because we have worship on Saturday evenings here at five o'clock, if I am not focused on and thinking about and praying for our evening worship service on Saturday by at least about noon on a given week, I feel like I'm really behind. 
but it's not the same kind of nervous energy I used to have. I think it's more about like anticipation or a holy anticipation as we get to see what God's going to do in this space and time when we gather. Because week after week, day after day, hour after hour, I would argue that one of the greatest privileges of being a pastor is getting to lead worship and share in the word. It is an incredible gift to be called to lead people to Jesus, to celebrate believers who are leaning in and growing, or maybe even, as we've seen this week, committing to follow Jesus for the very first time. Those are some of the best parts of being a pastor, the things that remind us of our common bond of following and loving Jesus, being surrounded by community, getting to share and live our faith, and to celebrate and mourn the milestones and changes in our lives together. So whether we are saying yes to Jesus and baptism and membership, as so many have this week, or we are celebrating our graduations and confirmands as we have in the last couple weeks, right alongside times like remembering the life of a beloved person in our community as we did here on Friday. The gift of community is one of the greatest things that I think the church can offer to us. And the community here truly makes it a great privilege to get to be a pastor here in this time and space at First Church. And for me, that's perhaps a bit of why today feels a little complicated. Because I haven't felt that overwhelming kind of nervous energy that comes with preaching in a while. But I admit this past week, I've had more of that than usual. I've been nervous a little about this weekend since last weekend in part because today feels a little strange. I love this community. I hope you know that. I love getting to be a part of First Church and the senior pastor here. And yet this coming week, as Pastor Breich mentioned, and as I thank him for the blessing and sending forth, I'm going to unplug for a little bit this summer. Don't worry, I'll be back. As I take some time to focus on some other things and people and places, and it feels a little strange to do this at a time when everything is going well. I know that we've all had those times when you're just like on the struggle bus and tired and you just want to like kind of quit and hide life for a little bit, right? This is not that. This is me saying things are good and God is calling me to do something a little bit different. And because things are good, I'm grieving a little bit as I prepare to step away because I'm going to miss this community too. But it's weird to grieve, isn't it, when you get to take some extra time off to travel and rest and pray? I mean, that's kind of living the dream in some ways, isn't it? But the thing about being a pastor is it's not just work that I'll be breaking from. To be a pastor is a calling and identity and a love, and yet with any calling, sometimes we all need a little extra time to rest and to tend to our spirits, to create time to be still, to draw closer to God, and to make sure we are listening for how God may be calling us next. Back in January, uh, Pastor Bryce preached a sermon that reminded me of the importance of taking these seasons in our lives as he shared a message over uh, the New Year's weekend about the importance of slowing down and making sure that we expect to see God within and around us. And when we slow down, he said, it is God's work that we begin to see and not our own. 
hopefully all that we do in our lives and especially in our church is for God. But I wonder if I'm the only one who has ever been so committed to doing the work or the mission or the ministry before us in your church or your work life or your home life, that we start to think that the things that we're a part of rely on us a little bit. Maybe we are so committed and care so deeply about what's before us that we spend tireless hours doing that thing and caring for the people that you love only to get home at the end of another long day and realize that you're kind of exhausted and tired, but you'd have it no other way. Has anyone ever felt that before? Because the truth is, sometimes, even though we think we might not have it another way in our preferences, we need another way. We need to take care of ourselves. If you don't take care of you, no one else will. And so it isn't just about caring for ourselves, though. It's about making sure that we stop running long enough to slow down and make time to see God's work within and around us. And so as I prepare to take this short leave over the summer that is surely going to go faster than I think it will, I have been praying a lot about that, about how God is going to work through me this summer as I pray for you all as well, about how God is going to continue to bless and work through you in surprising ways as well. And so that brings us to our scripture reading today in which Jesus is praying for his disciples as he prepares to leave them. His earthly ministry is about to end, and that, of course, is different because I'm only leaving for a little while and fully intend to be back. But these words of Jesus resonated with me all the same, because it is through these words that Jesus speaks in John chapter 17 that Jesus reminds the disciples of the importance of doing all that they need to do for the sake of ensuring that their time and their energy and their ministry keeps God at the center of all things. And it is only when we do so, he assures us, that we'll be able to fully offer ourselves and our work to the glory of God. So hear these words from John chapter 17. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, 
but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Here ends our reading. Throughout this passage, Jesus declares a couple of times in verse 4 and again in verse 7 that he has finished the work that he set out to do. Work that he knows, of course, is not of his own doing, but that is of God. And more than finishing the work, he says, he has shown his disciples that all that he has done and all that he says is from God, which means that everything Jesus shares with the disciples is from God Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm honest, as I read this really long passage, sometimes I read passages like this one and I get a little confused because Jesus doesn't always in these translations use, I think, the most simple way of phrasing things. And so I probably read this passage a couple of dozen times before I started to make sense of why this would be the prescribed reading for the weekend. And well, Sometimes with passages like this one, it takes me a little while to figure out then in turn what I'm supposed to say about it. But as I wrestled with that a little, that's when I realized that maybe that's a little bit the point and God's over here reminding me and us that following God is almost never going to be easy and so it's never going to look like we think it will, but that there will always be things that are consistent. Things like the importance of being patient and present as we take our time and ensure that the work before us is about God and not about us. And so since I kept coming back to this idea as I read these words, I eventually came to the last verse that I read in which Jesus says, and now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, he says, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. In other words, Jesus says, as I go away from them, as Jesus isn't going to be right there physically by their side, at least not in the same way that they had seen and know him before, God will be there. Jesus, he assures us here, that he will not only be present, but he will continue, as he does here, to pray over and for them, that he will offer protection and care, and that above all else, he prays that they may be united as one. Jesus here is praying that we would know that God is working even when we can't see it, even when we don't know it, even when we can't imagine it, because God is always on the move. And as Jesus prays for his disciples, he realizes that while he can't physically be in the places he has been, maybe even that he still wants to be, instead, he knows that he's being called to his next mission and to where God calls him, a better place, if we're honest, as he goes to be with God. But as he prepares to move on and he gives God all of this glory, praying for his disciples that they too would rely on God, well, As he prays that they would be united as one, I'm a little struck. I'm struck about how he is longing here for them to be strengthened, for them to grow in their life and their faith. 
And while Jesus prayed those words over his disciples a couple thousand years ago, I, I think he would offer the same intercessions for us here today. Has he asked that God might protect you? That you might be one in Christ? Jesus here wants us to be so fully trusting in God that we would know God is with us wherever we go. That he is longing for God to protect you no matter what comes. To protect you, by the way, that isn't a promise that nothing bad will ever happen or that life is going to be perfect and easy. Our hardships are not going to just disappear because we follow Jesus. After all, we know that as even as Jesus followed God and thanked God for these gifts, Jesus had some pretty difficult stuff happen to him too. But what is he, he is assuring us of here is that we'll never be alone. In fact, that goes a little hand in hand, doesn't it, with the prayer that we'd be united, that we'd never be alone and be, would instead be surrounded by community. Not, by the way, that to be united is to say we have to agree on everything. I don't know about you, but I have never in my life met a single human who agrees with me on everything that I believe. I'm probably the one who's right, of course. Just kidding. But John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, he once famously said that though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion. Without all doubt, we may. Herein, all the children of God may unite, notwithstanding these smaller differences. Notwithstanding our differences, may we come together in the things that God is longing for for us. May we come together in the things that matter most. That is my hope and my prayer for you all as I prepare to step away for this season. That for me and for you, for those of us who will be here in person, those who are worshiping online, those who are brand new members, those who have been a member for nearly a century, whether we are young or we are well seasoned, whatever you find your, whatever, wherever you find yourself or whatever differences we might find if we try or sometimes if we don't, too often I think we focus on the things that take us apart. And my hope and prayer is that we, the children of God, would continue to focus on our work to the glory of God. That instead of focusing on things that could take us apart, we might heed this advice that Jesus prays over us as we find ways to continue to love alike, to love all that we meet, those we agree with and those we don't, to love strangers, and most importantly, to love the Lord our God. And to love not in a casual, passive sort of way, but to seek to grow in ways that help us to love more deeply. To love deeply one another, and to love more deeply our God, who comes to us, who invites us, who prays over us, and who then sends us forth with a promise that God will be with you always. God will be working within you and around you, wherever you may go. Let's pray together. God of love, God of mercy, 
May you help us indeed to live into this blessing that you pour over us this day, that we may love you more deeply and that we may be united as one in your family, our church. God, as you walk with us, may you help us to live more fully into the call that you have set before us to care for one another, to lean into community, and to keep you at the center of all that we say and all that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.